second bell, we're going to get started. I will, I will say this because it won't come true then, but this actually might be a shorter class. We'll see. Now that I've said that it won't be, but... Okay, well, let's... First and foremost, let's start off with a prayer, and then we'll get going. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity we have to meet today with our family, for us to learn more about your word, for us to learn more about what you would have us do, and for us to do uh, uh, the job you would have us here as Christians. We thank you that you have put us here, given us this wonderful state to live in, this city, and just the beauty we have, and we get to work here and to work with our community. Help us to be always uh, willing, wanting to reach out, to be willing, wanting to spread the word, and to show people who you are through us. Help us to always look to to be an asset, not a liability. Help us to be out and looking to be an improvement and not a detractor. We thank you so much that we get to be your servants, to work for you, and that we get to come home to you one day because your son made that possible for us with his sacrifice. Help us to never forget that. Thank you again. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Kind of convenient. We're going to, we started, we should have just stopped and kept going, but... Prayer. That was the last uh, thing we started talking about, and we're going to just kick right back into. So I won't repeat the first paragraph since we did it, but I had my good joke. I won't do it again. Okay, so as we said, the number one tool in the arsenal that we have for our, ourselves as a church, but ourselves individually, when we are needing support, needing help, Looking, looking for assistance, looking for advice, uh, uh, whatever, you know, uh, dear Lord, I need, um, you know, I, I, I need a, I'm, I'm, I hope I can get a good job. I'm looking for a good job. I just graduated or I just lost my other job or whatever the case may be. So if you didn't, if we didn't pray, what would you do for, to try and find a better job? You'd go to Indeed.com. You'd go to a job search service. You'd go, to some, you'd go to some other source. Why wouldn't you go to God? That's just practical. If you have somebody who's, if you have a diagnosis you don't like, uh, you're concerned about whatever, and what would the doctor say? You always have the option to go and get a second opinion. Somebody else who might give you some better information or otherwise. Why don't you go to the greatest healer of all time? Say, hey, I'm a little nervous. Doc said this could be bad. Uh, um, you know, it would, uh, I, I can't be sick. I can't afford to be sick. I can't name it. Lord, help me to be healed. Help me to understand. Help me. Help me to God. He goes, oh, I might know a little something about the human body. I'm glad you came to me. Okay? So that's a good, it's the number one tool we have. Always. It's not a, you know, the hammer is always the number one tool in the toolbox. God is our number one tool, period. It's a commandment. 1 Thessalonians 5.17, Paul says to pray without ceasing. Ephesians 6.18, 1 John 5.14, Romans 8.26, a few different mentionings, mention, I'm going to go with it, that instruct 
us as Christians to pray. Ephesians 5.19 says, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. We all know that part. Sing and make music from your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What's a, what, is a, what is a prayer? Is a prayer specifically, let's bow, dear God, thank you for this day, thank you for this food, amen. What is a prayer? Can you, can you pray and it have nothing to do with God? Sure, people pray all the time. Oh, I hope this works. That is a prayer, it's a wish, that's a hope. Futile. Makes more sense if you give it to somebody who actually can do something, but yes. Does a prayer have to be, dear God, thank you for X to do X to be? No. no. Correct. Finally, somebody said it. <laughs> Talk to God. That's a prayer. I mean, he's going to know who you're talking to, but it's always nice, I guess, to have a salutation, dear God. But I mean, I, I, uh, we had a, uh, there was a marriage seminar out in the valley. Lindsay and I went to that. And one thing that he said he does, which I have adopted because it just seemed like a really good idea. And like we were talking about, it couldn't hurt. But he prays for his family every day has an alarm on his clock, make sure about, I don't know what time he said it was. It was a specific time, actually. 12.34 for 1.234 or 11.11 or, but it's on his, on his phone, goes off. He stops what he's doing and he prays for his family. He will contact them in advance, say, hey, I'm about to pray for you. Anything I can pray for? Some of the kids would say, I got a geometry test, you know, in about three hours. Wouldn't hurt it's a good practice. The church, whether the church is booming, just absolutely on fire, going well, not doing so hot or doing extremely poorly, it's not a bad thing to pray. Lord, I've been coming here a long time. I this place is my home. These people here are my family. I've watched this person have these kids and they have kids. I've seen these ones married here. I've gone to this person's funeral. I've seen generations through here. And I like it. And I want it to continue. I want it to do well. I want it to grow. I want it to grow for you. What about that seems bad? Why wouldn't you want to encourage God to throw any and all blessings on us if at all possible? If he's like so willing. So, everyone, I know the story. I don't know where, I know where it is in general, but so God was not happy with the Israelites. And he breathed, and they just started falling dead. Remember this? 
What did Moses do? <laughs> he told somebody else to do something, actually. He said, Aaron, grab that, what was it? Whatever it was, thing that he had, staff? No, is it the smoke? The, whatever it was. He, he said, grab that and go, and ran. There was no prayer prior to with God saying, hey, if you do this, then I will stop. Do you think, do you think Moses was going, hope this works? Or do you think he was sitting there going, oh, please, 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 please, keep Aaron alive, keep Aaron alive, keep Aaron alive, keep the Israelites alive, and, in all honesty, keep me alive, because I'm in the path of this too. You pray hoping for an outcome. Why wouldn't we pray for a positive outcome for us? Lord, we're not doing so well. Why wouldn't you pray for him to give us some guidance? Somebody goes, you know, if we tried this, this would work for, maybe we could do, or this is just not working at all. It's really causing people to go away, run away. Why wouldn't we go to God and pray on the regular not just say, hey, by the way, closing announcements, everybody, if you would, sometime, could you pray for the church? And what do people do when, when you ask everybody, what do people do? They assume somebody else is going to. Oh, well, I'm sure, I'm sure Tony's going to pray. I can probably count on uh, Danny will pray. Mike Schoonmaker, he'll take care of that. Jerry for sure is going to pray. I'm sure of it. That Russ, he might pray. But if we assume somebody else is doing it, then that's part of the problem we've been having all along. All right. If we think about it, how many have been in a elders meeting? The elders calls you in for something. Yeah, Stephen has. Really? You've been no? Nobody been in the elders meeting? Okay. So what did they do before it started? They prayed. What did they do to close it out? Prayed. Deacons meetings, what have we done there? We prayed. Why? Why would we want God to be involved in whatever we're about to do? What sense does that make? It's not logical. It is not a bad habit, practice, or thought for this church, any church, to pray on the regular for its well-being for continued well-being or for it to have some well-being if it's not? What does that look like? I mentioned it probably two or three classes ago. What if we had a, you know, the, uh, the fourth Sunday evening was a prayer service and what would that look like? I'm just, I'm just throwing ideas out. What if on Sunday evening of fourth Sunday, anyone who was willing or wanting to showed up here at five o'clock in the Deaf Chapel and we had a 30-minute prayer service before regular services. What would that look like? Do we want to sit there and just pray for 30 minutes? I am not going to lie. I have sat in this room right here and had to, when they said amen, I woke up. 30 minutes of praying, I could possibly have my eyes closed and it could get me in trouble. So I still ask the question and I'm asking the question, what does a prayer service look like? 
Danny's got one. He's coming. Would you? Uh, we we had one here. I recall uh, years ago when Tony Price was the the preacher, um, where they had put together kind of like you would a, a schedule for a song service where different men lead lead songs for a fifth Sunday singing or whatever. Sure. But it was a, a list of men praying with a devo tucked in there somewhere. Uh, and before that, the only one I recall ever seeing was uh, back in 91. We were members down in Abilene, Texas at uh, Baker Heights Congregation on uh, Texas Avenue. And in 91, the U.S. launched our invasion of uh, Kuwait and Iraq or whatever uh, for Desert Storm 1. And the elders called an emergency prayer reading. It was kind of like a, uh, a phone tree kind of a deal where sure. we all called each other. Uh, didn't have email back then. Uh, <laughs> So they, they did the phone tree, and the, the, the building filled up, uh, and it wasn't even a night that we would normally be there. I can't remember what night of the week it was, but we filled that building up, and we prayed for a couple hours. Uh, different men taking turns going up and praying for different— uh, I think the preacher, uh, Jimmy Jividen, had put together a list of, okay, you each have a topic, pray about yep. these things. And so, yeah, it was very comforting. I would think so. So, just in that time time frame. Oh, nice. Excellent. Just on that note of the Iraqi war that started in Kuwait, I was in Freed Hardeman when that happened, and although we didn't, we don't have the draft. I was a 19-year-old, 18-year-old. Freshman in college going, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, oh, please, let this go away quickly. Yes, sir. So putting together prayer service is something that should happen pretty regularly. It's something actually we'll probably be doing here pretty soon. Um, done those lots of times before. One of the challenges we have is in our mind, we have Church of Christ prayers. And so you have to teach people it's okay to have a prayer that doesn't mention the sick, that may not even be Thanksgiving. The prayer can be focused on, so if you'll notice, if I open a Sunday morning in prayer, I don't talk about the world, I don't talk about the sick, I don't talk about jobs, I don't talk about any, I talk about worship, Lord help us to worship. When I open up my Wednesday night Bible study, I focus on that. And so those prayer services do best when your men doing them have a focus. And so they may not even, but in Church of Christ, we think we have to. If you don't thank them for Jesus, if you don't, you know, forgive us of our sins, if you don't say those things they don't count right well they do guard dog directors right yes. guard dog and directors right yeah brings back to the next point in time be with those who can't be here blah 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 right yeah and what happens is we use those rote vain repetitions instead of praying and so that's part of what would help that type of prayer service and you could have an entire prayer service just on the church and just on evangelism i mean it'd be easy to do you break it up with the song in between and the song it reflects what the theme of the next prayer is going to be so. sure so it's, it is, we would have to, we would, it, so what Danny says, 91 to present, so 33 years, two, he, do, he knows of two instances of prayer aside from the men's, sorry, men's retreat three in 32 years that he can recall, that I can recall. That's not often enough, I don't think. For, I can't hear you. Prayer warriors?
you're answering. Prayer warriors? Is that what it was? I know in the morning before we started the day, whoever wanted to went and joined in the prayer. Sat in the chair. And when you were... Was it? Everyone had eyes down, so we're not looking at each other. It just When you finish the prayer, I just do this. I know, then he knows he's going to start. And then it just kind of went around the... Every person that showed up had an opportunity to pray. Sometimes maybe you just sat no. there and listened. Our mic just died. <laughs> prayer, is a prayer is, Tony says, prayer is a relationship. Sure. Oh, yeah. If you don't have a, Tony says, if you don't have a relationship with God, then all you are going to give is just that rote prayer because you don't know what to say. I'm going to have to repeat what you say. Go ahead. Stephen says, were we to schedule a prayer service on any you know, given Sunday evening, he goes, I would expect our attendance probably to be half of what it normally is. And I would love to argue with him, and I can't. Um, prayer is a, it is a relationship. You are, I'm, ta- I'm, I'm talking to my kids, and I'm having them practice at the dinner table, and they'll just say, I mean, they just want to get it over with so they can eat. Dear Lord, thank you for the food. Amen. And I said, you have, you're talking to God. You can talk to him and say, hey, and insert thought here. It's thing we have, we have to learn that as adults too. Yes, sir. Well, I think uh, prayer can also be a discussion. Uh, it's not a time just for speaking, but it's also a time for listening. <laughs> and, uh, and I know some of the most powerful uh, moments we had in all the men's retreats we did over all the years, prayer. Mm-hmm. the new church smell still oh, what a, I thought, but it was genuine weren't they it was it was real genuine i mean when they sang and they sang together and for each other and to god it's incredible i mean uh, and i thought what we left here was just unmatchable back then and uh, what was it the 87 when we left here yeah but they didn't have a sunday evening service because a lot of it was rural people from the community so they just couldn't so they would come into church and then stay in town and have meals, serve meals with other people, and then they would go home. Oh, nice. But what they did was, once a month, they would schedule a prayer session at the church. And some of those people, even that lived in the rural areas, would come in for that. But it was very specific. It was not, we're just going to get together and have a prayer session, because you can get there and everybody's going, and it's the same old prayer. Uh, yeah, different voice, same prayer. Yeah, so... 
Sure, Mrs. Nope. <laughs> it was muted. All right, so in short, court said, I won't, that, I won't be able to short that very well. Praying is verbal, but it's also listening. You, you ask, shut up for half a second and let God answer. He might. That's something to do. When you're having a prayer service of sorts, though the prayer I, I'd given earlier, dear God, thank you for this. Watch out. It's always, we, we, I, could, I could probably you know, do a prayer bingo. Did they say this? Yep. They say this? Yep. If we have a prayer service, it's like, okay, we're going to have a, you know, a, a, a prayer. Somebody's going to discuss giving. Someone's going to have a prayer on evangelism. Someone's going to give a prayer on church growth and church internal strength. Pick, pick, pick a topic, and that's what, you know, whatever we feel there would need, you know, the, the, whoever's in charge of said, hey, we're looking for. Prayers from that pulpit, I, I remember my very first one, we had, uh, we had uh, Sunday afternoons, the young men were brought in, and basically we were instructed. Tom Green was in charge of that, and they were giving us, uh, teaching us how, teaching us what, to how to lead songs, how to live prayers, how to do a talk if you wanted to. And then after, I don't know, maybe a month and a half, then we did the evening service. Oh, that eight-year-old heart attack. But my very first prayer, I remember vividly because I said, please pray with me, please. I've never forgotten it. I never will. And I'm sick to this day over it. But I'll tell you what, whatever my prayer was, was a hurry. From up there, it can be that you're... Performance is the wrong word, but I'm just trying to make sure everyone knows I didn't screw up or whatever. And I had to do a prayer and I got stuck. Oh, I got stuck because I was sad that Ben Taylor died. He died, whatever. I was stuck for, I don't know, was it a minute? Might have been a minute. A minute's a long time for someone to give a prayer and not say anything. And I'm sure I had one or two people sitting up ready to come up and bail me out. Somehow I kicked it into gear. I promise you it was heartfelt. God knew what I was trying to say, because I wasn't talking. Couldn't see. My eyes were just full of tears. That, not trying to blow my own horn here, but that is the earnest, that is the thoughtfulness that goes into the prayers that God wants. And what we should be yearning for of, hey, God, tears in my eyes, my voice is cracking. I want this church to grow more than it is. I want this. You don't have to be passionate and dramatic about it. I'm just saying that should be the emotion of what we have when we do it. Yes, sir. Yeah, if you'd stood there much longer, one of us would have just come up there and put our arm around you until you could talk again. Uh, yeah. They've done that to me before. You know? Yeah. Um, so one thing that might explain why prayers sound similar uh, is uh, we've been taught. You know, when you look at Matthew 6 where Jesus said, in this manner, pray. And then he gives us what is referred to sometimes as the model prayer, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, even though the Lord's Prayer is really in the 17th chapter of John. But, um, and so 
we're not to pray that, to memorize it and pray that verbatim, of course, and we wouldn't anyway because it says, like, kingdom come. It's already here, right? It, sure. it hadn't at that point, but um, uh, but we follow that as a model. You know, like he started off uh, uh, our Father in heaven, so we acknowledge that. Uh, Hallowed be thy name. We, we honor God's name and his greatness, and then so on. Uh, so we don't say those things verbatim, but we kind of use that as a model prayer, which is a really a good place to start a new Christian out so they can learn how to pray, follow Jesus' model. Um, and, you know, um, I can remember a time many years ago when there was talk, and I even attended a couple of meetings as a care group leader, where there was talk uh, about uh, and the, this word was actually used, professionalizing our worship service. Uh, and we had someone driving kind of hard that wanted to, to start uh, putting our church on TV like the Baptist Temple does, right? Uh, and so in these meetings where they were promoting professionalizing the worship service, when it got to the point where it was suggested that only the, the best, most articulate, well-spoken men could go up there and lead the prayers... I bailed out. That's where they lost me. Uh, some of the sweetest prayers I've heard came from someone who maybe it was their first time up there or they were a relatively new Christian. Uh, and if we had a, uh, a rubric that we established for evaluating someone's public prayer, uh, these prayers from, from, uh, from babes in Christ would fail our standard sure. on the rubric. Sure. The flying colors, but they're they're also some of the sweetest, uh, most Genuine. sincere and beautiful prayers coming from these people who hadn't, uh, you know, done it very long. So, agreed. Well, we had a we had a, a youth lock in or something here, and we had a bunch of uh, aimers that came to that. This is several years ago, and when they did so, I, I, I'm not. I don't. I'm not affiliated to AIM. I'm married to someone affiliated, but I'm not. And one of the things that those kids were learning, praying, was they just speak from their heart. God, I'm really tired today. I wanted to make sure I talked to you. I know you're busy. Really glad you're not, you know, they're talking to God. I'm really glad you're not too busy to talk to me right now. You know, I know I screwed up yesterday. Boy, did I, the, the kid I was, I'm thinking of specifically was talking candidly to God. Almost to a level I thought it was disrespectful until I realized he was just talking to him and letting it be who he was. I like the concept. Yes, sir. Um, part of the training in prayer is not a, you know, a certain type of prayer, though we were talking about types of prayer, but it, it has to be reverent. We're talking to God. Correct. It can't be reduced to a text message, if that, that <laughs> lingo, if you will. Um, it, it has to be reverent, and it has to be from the heart. And that's exactly what you're saying. But it's important that we understand, we never leave reverence out of our prayer life. And it's as we're interacting, or should I say, as we're speaking to God through relationship, we recognize that we're not on the same level as God. And if we keep that in mind, I think our prayers will be okay. Right. We're not going to say, hey, brah, like my kids do. And I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just saying it is very easy. Uh, 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 
I've heard people say, you know, it's like, oh, you know, it's like, well, I, you know, I go to church, whatever. I don't go to church. Me and God are cool. I'm like, okay, that's how that's how your attitude is. That's an interesting one. Yes, sir. Uh, I just wanted to say thanks for the service tonight, and I really appreciate these booklets right here that I noticed with the uh, Christian, Catholic, Roman Catholic, and all the holy songs that are right there. I'd really like to hear some eventually. After, cl- after class, we're going to have a devotional. We'll, we'll do some. I want to actually start a metal Christian band where it's like screamo Christian rock music. Okay. We won't do that here, probably, but we can do that elsewhere. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Cool beans. Okay. So try and bring this home here, which Tony was reading my notes, it seems. God wants us to pray. It helps build a relationship. Thanks. But it also helps to seek his guidance. That's what we want. We want God to guide us. We should, we want to feel close to God, I would hope. We should want to feel close to God when we're praying. And when you feel closer to someone, don't you tend to want to do things for them? So, fellas, you saw somebody across the room go, ooh, I like her. I like her. And then you get to know her a little better. It's like, I would like to go out to lunch with you if I could. She takes pity on you, says yes. You guys eventually get married. You're just smitten with her, googly-eyed. And like, I, am, I want to make her breakfast in bed. And she's like, I want to detail her car for her. I want to do the laundry. I want to clean that, whatever. I want to, I want to do things for her. You get closer to God, you want to do things for him. You want to make him happy. Is that a plausible argument? Does that make logical sense? I mean, not to discount my wife, but if I want to do it for my wife, of course I should want to do that for God. That should be the end game of our church. Get closer to him. So who doesn't want that with God or shouldn't? Anyway, the reason I bring this up, whether a church is healthy, sick, or dying, the question is why wouldn't we pray for it to be enriched and its members to be useful servants for the Lord? We pray when church starts. We pray for the bread, for the cup, for the offering, for those in need of prayers, and a closing prayer. What would we lose to potentially have a prayer service, have a prayer group, have prayer evenings? If we would be willing to pray that we'd win the lottery, get our dream job, try to help ourselves, our family, or friend, somebody be healed, not sick, etc., I'd like to believe we'd want to do that for God's church. I don't know if anybody does this but I will go into prayer and then I sit and I wait to hear from the Lord 
things that um, he knows that I have maybe avoided and never thought about. Um, it, it came to me just the other day. I have a brother that passed away. He was not a good person. He was not a good person. Sorry. And I've never visited him in, at the cemetery. So that came to me, and that was a calling that you've, you've suppressed this for a long time, and it's time to deal with it. So I don't know if anybody's ever done that, but it's really nice to sit quietly and let those thoughts be given to you that um, you may not have thought about or you've been avoiding. Again, like what Cord said, he goes, pray. And then the way Russ said it was, shut up and listen. He might have given you an answer. He might give you an answer, but you keep talking. Doesn't do you any favors. Anyone else? Danny over there? Yes, sir. You can start shouting and I'll repeat it. <laughs> wants to make sure Mike gets his steps on the pedometer to get on his on his watch. All right. Um, uh, as as a very young Christian uh, down in Texas, uh, Jimmy Jividen gave me the manuscript, like twenty some odd pages, of a lesson. That uh, and it was the paper was yellow. It was so old. He pulled it out of a file, and he said, "This is one of the first lessons I taught, and it was on prayer." And it started off with every example in Scripture of Jesus praying, and there were a lot of them. Uh, Jesus prayed a lot in a lot of situations, a lot of different ways, circumstances. So, uh, so that was the beginning of it, and then it went into the examples of the brethren, the apostles, and disciples praying. Um, and and I've I've come to to learn that um, if those formal times that we pray before meal or bedtime or or here during public worship are the only times that I'm communicating with God, um, that that doesn't say uh, anything really good about my belief in His existence and all that all that He is. Um, but by speaking to Him frequently. Uh, even throughout the day, uh, communicating with God, and, and I like what we said about reverence, always reverently, um, that helps keep us from sin, uh, which is which is what He wants for us uh, in, in a very big way. And and if we're if we're in the habit of communicating with God frequently throughout our day, uh, at both formal and informal times, uh, then then it helps us avoid those moments when we forget who we belong to uh, and who is walking beside us and with us and in our heart uh, everywhere we go all the time. So. Agreed. Well, I mean, I'll come back to it. I had given a diva once before. I go, how does anyone know if I'm married? Anything at all? Anything? Anything at all? So I have a reminder that someone took pity on my poor soul. I have a reminder, you know, because on my phone I have a picture of my wife that she put there. I'll be honest. <laughs> but I have a relationship with my wife. And so as I'm driving around this city dropping off packages, every now and then I'll think of my wife. I will think of 
oh yeah, we went and had dinner, we wanted to go have lunch there. Blah, 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 memory. If I stay in, 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 enhance the relationship I have with God through prayer, which makes that relationship possible, I think about him more. Guess what God wants us to do? Think about him. Love him. Know him. Have a relationship with him. Will not and cannot be a bad thing. Okay. Well, we have worked on that one quite well. That was the the uh, 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 culmination, more or less, of this book right there. We're, we're going to move on for the next three classes. I'm going to go over these for us to, to, to ponder, and we'll see how long this takes us. I don't want to drag us well into after, after time. We have, I'm going to go over the symptoms of a sick church that the book has and then the responses therein, if they exist. Symptoms of a sick church, not a very, as opposed to a very sick church, very sick slash dying church. Ministries and your programs tend to shift inward for the members over those outside. It's one. And then no real sense of disciple-making taking place. Those are the books, just for clarification. With a sick church, four responses to that, those symptoms. First one, pray that God will open the eyes of the leadership and the members for opportunities to reach into the community where the church is located. We have, within a quarter mile of here, we have that hospital, North Star. We have this hospital behind us. We have a school over here. We have all sorts of people who live around us find different avenues to try and reach out to those locations. Something to consider. Number two, take an honest audit of how church members spend their time being involved. Wow, that stepped on a toe. Are we a Sunday morning only member? Sunday morning and Bible class only? Sunday Bible class, Sunday morning and evening worship? Or... Bible class, both morning night services, and Wednesday, but no activities, aside from the services or class. Do we help with services? Do we help with Bible class? Do you as a man qualify as a deacon? Are you unsure, but you're not willing to clarify, because the answer might possibly be yes. One of the things we said, and there's been many deacons in this room. There are and there have been. <laughs> One of the issues that people have with being a deacon is you have to die to get out of it. <laughs> you laugh, but it's one of those like, how do I get out of this thing? I've been in forever. Well, if you don't have the heart for it anymore, understood, you talk to the elders and say, That's, we, we'll handle it. I don't want somebody who's not steadfast and, 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 and you've got a desire for it. That's a difficult one. Many hands make light work, though. So we always need more deacons and more elders. We've said that. Number three, take an audit of how the church spends its money. Is it primarily internal over, or over, over community external? You can't have too much of either one. There should be a balance. One of the things I look back at past budgets that we have had here from few, several years ago and moved forward, and our evangelism 
So it was here, 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 here. The total was the same. That math isn't good. Number four is make specific plans to minister and evangelize your community. Okay. I will get into churches very sick of that one. We exhibit some of these symptoms. I'll just say that. I think every church could find a way to exhibit some of those symptoms. Do you know what I like about our church? Let me back that up. I like several things. A church getting sick, you get sick over a 10-year period. It starts with things just get a little cough, a little sniffle here, and then it steadily works into a cold. And it takes a while. So when a church gets sick, it didn't happen yesterday. It's something that's prolonged and worked its way into it. Churches do this all the time. And they don't realize... Thanks, Mom. She's coughing. It turns, it's a small cough that turns into a bigger one. So this is a long time. So the, the cause is a while, but the recovery is potentially a while too. So you can have those symptoms. It's not a death sentence. But if you have the cough and you don't acknowledge it or you don't do anything about it, guess what? It's going to turn into something else. I mean, every doctor will tell you that. It's like, okay, you're just going to leave it alone? No, it'll get better on its own. That's how it works. Right? I can keep moving on to the next one. I'll, I'll, I'll pass just for that one. We'll move on to the symptoms of a very sick church and the responses there and then close that out. And I have a funny feeling people are going to have something to say after me having said this. I will give you, I like what our church is doing and has been doing over the last, I don't know, last year and a half, two years. An acknowledgement has been made. A attitude adjustment has been made. An attitude doesn't fix it. But it, it, it's a start. It's something. It's, it's like, well, no, I'm willing to, I'm just going to curl up in here and die. That's usually not the right attitude. Huh. You might have a point, Russ. That could be an attitude. That's a good attitude. If you're willing to acknowledge, what's the first step in, uh, in recovery or anything like this? Admitting you have a problem. If you're admitting that, oh, we're not, we're, we're not doing that. Or we are doing that, and we need to start or stop doing so. That's any church. That's not just us. That's, any, that's your job. Oh, I'm not doing this. I should be able to do this. I'm staying up too late. I'm getting to work late. And I'm getting in trouble. Hmm. Maybe if I didn't stay up so late, I would be able to get there on time and I wouldn't be in trouble. Kidneys. Admit you have the problem or there is one and then you can attack a solution for it. Well, I'm just going to stop there before I get too crazy on anything else. Anyone have any thoughts, suggestions or otherwise? Okay, thank you so much. We'll see you next week.